Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking about season six, episode 11, Breaking Bad. Title sounds familiar. I'm trying to place it. Yeah, I can't. I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody understands what we're doing here. Uh, Breaking Bad, you know, it's the title of the other show. <laughs> cool. This is the High episode. energy intro to this episode, to this High this energy is episode. The episode where it all meets, right? We finally get yeah. our cameo that everyone's been banging the drum for. We do. Uh, from Brian Cranston and I almost said Jesse Plemons. <laughs> nope. Uh, Aaron Paul. And I got to ask was it worth it? You asked for it. Is this what you wanted? For my part, I would say yes. I feel like this is pretty classic. Jesse and Walt interaction. It's bickering over this goddamn Winnebago mm-hmm. that they should have just replaced <laughs> as soon as they started making a little scratch. Yes. Um, I, I think that it's interesting to me. I think that scene in isolation is not good. Mm-hmm. That scene taken with the other flashback scenes of Saul is pretty good. I think it's important for to, to understand, I, I guess, like the powers at play in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. a little bit more. It adds a little bit more context there, a little more flavor, a little couple of extra uh, fibers to that tapestry. I think we find out that kind of Jimmy is the main character in all of this <laughs> universe. Yeah, he's kind of the instigator for yes. so much of this shit. I mean, you could look at Walt and say, you know, he's also an instigator, but like you take it all the way back and maybe this would change if they did another prequel, right? With another character, Mm -hmm. like they did the, the Huel prequel and suddenly (laughs) Huel somehow is the main, uh, reason for like the death of Gus and the death of Mike. But like when I'm looking at this episode and I'm seeing these scenes, these flashbacks, I'm thinking, well, this is where it all led the end of Breaking Bad. And if you had not pushed to get Walt back into this mm-hmm. or, or not back into this, but into this at all and, and, you know, discovered him in the desert, if he hadn't walked into your office yeah, and you hadn't been the person you are, they would not have died the way they did. Right. And it's, but it's, it's not super sad that Gus dies because he deserved it. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they all kind of deserve Mike, it. Mike though. But, yeah, yeah, but he's also how much heinous shit has Mike actually done just because he has a moral compass. It doesn't mean that he's not guilty of I, I agree. cleaning up a lot of stuff. I agree, but also I like him. I like him too. <laughs> I, yeah. I think if he were given better paths, I hated his better I mean, opportunities. Spoiler alert, I guess, but I, yeah, I hated his death in Breaking Bad. 
Yeah. Especially yeah. who killed him. Ugh. Yeah, but I mean, Jimmy, not even indirectly, but almost directly leads to a lot of that. Yeah, he he introduces Jesse and Walt to the Gus Uh Enterprise. Yeah. If it weren't for him, yeah, they would just be small fries and probably they just would have gotten killed by somebody else. And that's why I think... (laughs) Much sooner. That's why I think that, like, that scene is better when paired with all the other stuff that you learn, not through that scene, right? You learn it through the Mike scene. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. with him in his office running down Walt's qualifications or lack thereof. Right. Um, Otherwise this would just be fan service and I would hate it. (laughs) And because I I was never asking for Jesse and Walt to come back. Right. Yeah. I'm fine if they want to do that, if they have a good idea for it. But it was never necessary to the story. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm not the fan service kind of guy typically. Yeah. I like it when they do it and it's it's good and it's enjoyable and mm-hmm. has a use, a purpose exactly. in the show. Yeah. But man, if you just try and shoehorn that stuff in there, it's bad. Let's talk about bad for a second because this is a weird episode. I yeah. I think this is my least favorite episode of the season, like by a long shot, actually. I, I think moment to moment, this episode is very enjoyable, but it adds up to a whole lot of nothing, pretty much. Yeah. There, I, there, there are... There are things that it's doing that mm-hmm. I think are somewhat important, but boy, it takes its sweet time doing it. It really does. Yeah. The pacing of this episode. I don't know if it's just the pacing of the episode itself or just the fact that it came on the heels of another episode that didn't really give us a lot of information. That too. So yeah. it's like two in a row. And then this one just feels so much slower. Like we have some good... There's, there are some good performances, like, early on in the episode, and then the rest of the episode is just more of the same. And they really only tell us one thing. Gene yeah. is breaking bad again. Like, yeah, I, right. And this is the kind of stuff that you could do with Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad with a single look. I, I You could literally do it with a two-second shot of Brian Cranston emoting, mm-hmm. and I would get everything I needed to get from that from an entire episode of Better Call Saul. Yeah. And it's not Bob Odenkirk's fault. I think he can do this stuff. He's a very capable actor. It's just the style of this show requires them to do montages and to do long, drawn-out cons. And um, frankly, there's a lot in this episode that happens that I roll my eyes at, mm-hmm. and I would look at it earlier in the series, and I would be like, oh, that's great. And I can think of specific examples, like the... The phone call with Kim, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Kim, quote to unquote Kim. Kim. The phone yeah. call to Kim, there shall we say. Uh, that annoyed me here. It might not if this wasn't the last three episodes of the series. Yeah. I, I feel like there's an opportunity cost here in every single second of this episode. And they are not, they're paying a very high price for the scenes they are showing us. Yeah. Because we have so much precious or so precious little time left. Yeah. So I did not like this yeah, episode man. overall. I'm sorry to say. It's been one of my least favorite episodes too, maybe uh, overall, not just this season. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking back on previous seasons earlier today, and I definitely enjoyed them a lot more <laughs> overall. But episode wise, this has been, this was kind of weak for me. I think you're right. For the it's, same it's all about the, the Cinnabon stuff too, right? It's like two back to back. We're spending yeah. so much time with Gene now, but we're doing so very little with Gene. Yeah, it really feels like things are being drawn out. And uh, why? 
For what reason? Why could we have not just taken an episode off of the season or something? At this point, it feels like yeah, we should have taken. We should, it. We should have, have found a way to combine last week's episode with this one. Yeah, give us one scam that can get us in there, or give us two shortened scams. Something mm-hmm. that that gets us from you know um, Jeff being an adversary to Jeff being an ally to now. Saul being Jeff's adversary is <laughs> like, right. y- you could have gotten there. It's just the way you're telling the stories. And I've, I've not always been on board with the way the show tells its story. I think technically this is a very, very good show, but entertainment wise, I'm nowhere near as entertained in this episode as I have been in pretty much all of Breaking Bad and most of this show. I will say I really did not need to see his friggin whiskey catheter or whatever as many times as we saw it <laughs> yeah man they talked about that in the insider cast they were saying well we we shot all this footage we were picking up footage here and there every location we shot we'd grab a little bit for the montage because mm-hmm. we knew we were going to do that and we wanted this mickey dolan song i think is, is who it is it's one of the monkeys it's a demo song sure um we wanted that song but the song was a little too short to use all of the footage we had. So and so we artificially the extended the song. They they made the song longer <laughs> instead of throwing out some of the the montage footage. Yeah. Which is what you do with a montage. You shoot a billion different things and then you end up with like, okay, we can use this, this, and this, and these other things you got to throw away. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what B-roll, uh, it's not what it's for, but it's like part of what it's for. I understand uh, variations on a theme, but how many variations are you going to jam in there? Especially when they... Should we talk about this later on or can we talk about it now? What is that? The the That picture of all the different licenses together. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they show us that way just how many times the scam has been run and then the uh, montage continues for some reason. Yeah. I mean, we're getting good information. The... Th- the- Here's the frustrating thing with this show for me, <laughs> or this particular episode of this show. Yeah. I, I'm watching this episode for the first time, and I'm enjoying moment to moment. And then I get, get to the end, and I look back on it, and I'm like, what was that all for? I learned, like, one thing mm-hmm. that, like I said, could have been done in a single shot. And then I watch it a second time, and I'm looking for the pieces that I would take out. And then I realize so much of this is crucial to the thing that they're the story that they're trying to tell you in the way they're trying to tell it. Like none of this stuff really needs to be pulled out. Um, some of it could be pulled out, I suppose. But there's nothing egregious. I, I look at this and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things are adding up. And then I get to the end and I feel empty about it. And I don't <laughs> know why, because I don't usually feel that way with Better Call Saul. Yeah, I think maybe I it it must be at least a little bit of an end of the series thing where you're just yeah. like, all I right, let's more. yeah, let's do this thing. Let's get to the end of the series. Let's stop dragging our feet to get there. Yeah, it's not even that I it's really that opportunity cost thing. Like mm-hmm. they're doing a whole episode on one thing whereas I want 10 things to be happening because we have <laughs> only 3 episodes left. Yeah. And I still want a lot of Maybe it's just that I want more of the show. I don't know. But yeah, I don't feel like this about this uh, season four or something this way. Mm -hmm. I really, yeah, it's puzzling even to me why I feel the way I do about the show. 
Yep. And I know that's got to be frustrating as creators too. It must be, yeah. Like when you're trying to give, the audience A is telling <laughs> you half the audience is screaming, Walt and Jesse, Walt and Jesse, Walt sure. and Jesse. Sure. And then the other half is screaming, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, <laughs> fuck you guys. Right. Uh, it does seem like uh, our opinion is not in the minority this time. Yeah, yeah. So I feel I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> That's the thing. It's hilarious to me because we, we have a lot of people writing in to the show uh, that we'll get to in feedback. And most of them, anybody who has a negative take on this show mm-hmm. has started their email with, I might be in the minority here. Or like, <laughs> I'm sorry to say that I don't, you know, yeah. I don't feel like this was a very good episode. That kind of stuff, which t- tells you... You know, uh, the general quality of this show, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. generally very high. And and I'm, hmm, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think maybe a lot of us are kind of surprised at our reaction to this mm-hmm. week's episode. Because it does just kind of feel like, like we seriously considered not watching it a second time. Yeah. Just because it was so draggy. If I wasn't podcasting about it, I certainly right. wouldn't have watched it a second time. But I needed to really dig in and get the details and try and sort out my feelings about it. Exactly. That didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Same feelings, turns out. (laughs) Well, it just confused me because like I could have come in here and ranted and raved about how angry I was about Mm -hmm. how they wasted all this time and this, this, and this. But now I got to come in and say like, I don't get why I feel this way because they didn't really waste a ton of time as best I can tell. But it felt like they did. Anyway. That's how I feel about it, too. Can we talk? Uh, maybe we'll talk about it when we get there. It's like the first scene, so or second scene, I guess. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk about that Kim phone call. <laughs> the okay. Kim call. Yeah. Uh, that, but is, yeah maybe. that happens right after the title sequence. You want to yeah. talk about the cold open? Uh, sure. Let's get into the recap. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, we cold open in color on Saul being taken to the desert in a very familiar Winnebago. Shouting, Avogado, Avogado. Yo soy Avogado. I love that callback. This is Breaking Bad season one era. Oh, because yeah. Because Winnebago still exists. And it has not wow. been crushed into a tiny little cube. Uh, so, is this a flashback or a flash forward at this point? Like, are we, is this a Gene show now? Back, I think. I think it's a Gene show now. I think you're right. I think we have moved on from the Jimmy timeline. We are now full Gene timeline. Yeah, I think. anything like that would be a flashback. Yeah, any of the Saul stuff, I think, is just context for kind of his position in Breaking Bad and maybe why, if you haven't already watched Breaking Bad, it would be a good thing to continue on with the canon yeah absolutely i highly recommend breaking bad it's one of my all-time favorite shows yeah it's a good show there's some uh weird gender dynamics in the show 
that you can read up you can read up about if you want actually in the show or no it no the fandom it, that, within the fandom i guess yeah, yeah. the reaction to parts of the show which i can get behind in some in some instances uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm with you. We we talked extensively about that. We have a whole podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, a whole uh, me podcast. and Aaron did a whole yeah. podcast about Breaking Bad, covering every single episode. Yeah, so yeah, that's to that, look forward to too. Go look up Breaking Good. <laughs> Indeed, uh, not much else to say really about that cold open. No, there's a hole in the desert. He talks about Lalo. He does. Uh-huh. We see that again. Yeah, and we're gonna get more into that here in a bit. Uh, the title sequence, that tape is degrading, it's as you said it would. Done. Yeah. yeah, that was your prediction, and you were right. And we have two more episodes. How much more can it degrade? Mm, I mean, we've already got the blue screen, so I don't know. It's going to start playing something different. <laughs> uh, after the title sequence, we cut to Francesca plunging the sink of her stoner tenants. She dodges a tail on her way to a payphone meeting with Jean, where she gets some cash and gives some updates. All right. There's quite a bit of stuff that happens here. Yes. Um, maybe it'll just be a cat on a Roomba next time as the intro video. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. But yeah. only if it's in a shark suit. Oh, boy. That's a classic. And eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> no, that's just silly. What are you talking about? This guy. I, I love the line, conjugate much. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Francesca, she has to put up with such idiots all around her, all the time. She really does. She gets so much sass from people who are below her. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked seeing Bill Oakley on a bus bench. Uh-huh. That was a nice little cameo. He's got his own practice now. He's got his own practice. And Eddie with a prior. Yeah, and he's on the other side. He's oh, defending, right. he's defending scumbags instead of uh, prosecuting them. So that's pretty hilarious when she says he switched sides. And <laughs> <laughs> Gene's like, he came out, huh? <laughs> no, come on, man, you dummy. Jeez. Uh, I was surprised to find out that New Jersey is indeed shaped like Alfred Hitchcock in a fez. <laughs> I had to look it up because nobody knows what New Jersey looks like. Not even people who live there know the outline of New Jersey. But it does. It's, it's like reverse California. Yeah. A mm-hmm. little bit. Sure. Ish. Yep. <laughs> and all this stuff is like getting an update on the status of kind of the outside world, right? Like. In, Albu- in Albuquerque. Because yeah. all we've seen of Gene is the covert parts, the part yeah. where he's trying not to be discovered. He's hiding it. We don't know, right. like, are the feds still after him? You know, it's been mm-hmm. a while. Turns out they are. They're still tailing Francesca. They yep. took his entire empire. Seized all of his assets, yeah. Yeah, totally gone. Um, so that was nice. I like getting that bit of information. Adds a lot of context. We also got updates on, like, every other third tier <laughs> character that he was working with. That's True. still presumably alive. Yeah, Kubi and Huel. And yep. A couple other people whose names I don't remember. Yeah. I was not asking for those updates, but I guess, sure. If you're going to, yeah, just roll it into the conversation, sure, that makes sense. But then, yeah, the most, the juiciest of the updates is that Kim did call once everything went to hell. Yeah. And um, we, we can finally stop guessing what the phone call 
yeah who, who's gonna right. get the phone that call who's gonna answer yeah, yeah like who's on the other end well it's turns it out it's him yeah it wasn't all that fucking mysterious as it no. turns out <laughs> everybody was like it's kim it's kim a birthday phone yeah. call it's him <laughs> like well it totally could be and i was hoping for that too but this makes a lot more sense yeah uh yeah i mean gene would want to know like is it safe to poke my head up you mm-hmm. know um but clearly it's not clearly it's not good performance as always from francesca she's mm-hmm. wonderful she's a great character and the Kim stuff, you know, Kim checked in on him. Um, and then he gets to the very literal crossroads where he has to make a decision on whether to go back and try and contact Kim or whether to stay out of her life. And of course, he makes the most disruptive decision possible. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Both potentially to Kim, but also to himself. Yep. Makes another call to a sprinkler shop in Florida to try to talk to Kim and it doesn't seem to go well. It sure would have been nice to get a little more information from this, this thing that we've been just like starved for, but sure. And why not just have the street noise hear it? Why not? Because it's a trick. Because it's a a trick. Because he didn't actually talk to Kim. It's my running theory. No, I, I, he almost certainly didn't talk to Kim. I mean, that is not, the the reaction of a man who's talking to someone he loves for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. That's the reaction of a man who can't talk to someone. And he sees some idiot peon standing in his way from talking to someone who he's loved for years. So, like, yeah, I, I, I don't think he talked to Kim at all. No, no. He got bad news in some form or another. Either... She's moved on from this location, or mm-hmm. she got eaten by an alligator. <laughs> the pet or... shop, the Florida pet shop. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Pet shop, the sprinkler shop. What do you mean her guts were eaten by a crocodile? <laughs> what do you mean she was disemboweled? Crocodile, ugh. Disemboweled by lemurs? Nothing. What the hell are you talking about? Lemurs? <laughs> what do you think Florida is, man? Cockatoo pecked her eyeballs out? Oh, God. <laughs> yep, just those, those street cockatoos <laughs> down there in Florida. You gotta watch out. I think you're right, though. It's definitely like she either moved on from that location and the person doesn't know where she is. Or maybe or she's dead. She maybe she dead. Did, did dead. Maybe she did dead. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure which way I'm leaning on that. Um, based on his reaction, clearly, yeah, it was it was bad news about Kim, mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, uh, why not let us hear that news? Sure. What what are you what are you preserving? What are you telling us? Like, what are you telling us above and beyond hearing the conversation with not hearing the conversation? Because I remember them doing this. The other part of this is why am I so annoyed about it? Because <laughs> I remember them doing this exact same thing mm-hmm. with. Howard and Jimmy in the copy room when like Howard is telling two. him he's not going to yeah. hire him as lawyer. Right. Yeah, way back when. Um, and I really liked that scene. I thought it was artistic. I thought it mm-hmm. was, it said everything you needed to say without a single word of dialogue being yeah, audible. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was uh, brilliantly done as right. well. And then we get to this and I'm pissed off. I'm like... I think I might, I think I might have a tiny bit of insight into that. My My theory is that in the instance of Howard and the copier, it's a yes or no, right? 
So that is the conversation. Sure. And you can tell with your with your eyes mm-hmm. that it's a no. Obviously. And that's fine. Whereas for this conversation, we don't have really any context for it other than we see that he has a negative reaction to it afterward. But we don't yeah. know what he's I mean, I guess the yes or asking. no here could be could boiled be, down to where, is will she he talk there? to Kim or not? Yeah. Is she there? Reconnect with Kim, yes or no. But I mean, that might be part of it. There are a lot more possibilities. The the, the space here is wide open to explore, and I want to know more details. But the, the I, to me, the the feeling is like this is a style over substance choice. Um, yeah, kind of cheapens it a little bit. And me. I was I was much more okay with that in a show that is that has X number of seasons ahead of it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm less okay with that. With a show that has two episodes ahead of it. Why are you still withholding information? Right. Yeah. What, what, and what, what is, is the payoff? The, What's, exactly. Is it actually going to be good or is it just going to be another thing? And is this... Because like if there isn't a payoff, if they like never come back to this conversation and why he was so angry about it, which they almost have to. No, I, but, I but think they, they will. But if they don't, it's going to be really annoying. They definitely will. They have to. Especially after showing him mm-hmm. kicking in the side of the phone booth. Like, he was super, super pissed. And it's yeah. about Kim. And they know that we're starved for Kim formation. I would hope so, yeah. They have to know that by now. But I hope that they aren't trying to tease like he actually did speak to her. I just can't see that reaction. What my, that my I guess my fear, my fear is that, yeah, I don't see it either. Mm. Uh, my fear is that the payoff, it will happen, but it, it won't be great, maybe. But they could have paid it off in the moment. I, I, I don't know why. It's like a double scene. Now, instead of just yeah. telling us what the call said, you now have to show us the call and we can't tell what they said and then show us the scene again and let us see <laughs> or, or shoot a new scene that adds context to it. It's like two scenes. <laughs> it's like one scene for the price of two is the fucking problem and that opportunity cost I talked about yeah. with dwindling time in the series makes me less tolerant of the one scene for two I just like I don't want to pay that price I don't with the time we have left so it's very annoying whereas yeah when you have a whole series ahead of you it's not nearly as uh, it doesn't stick in my craw the same way yeah so then we have that big question mark still hanging over our heads but it's even maybe a little bit bigger now because we know that the news that he got was not good in some way mm-hmm. we don't know what way if it's just going to be that she was working a different job or something that would be kind of shitty well it doesn't it doesn't really build my anticipation maybe it does for some people but for me it's like I didn't know anything about Kim's fate mm-hmm. I still don't know anything about Kim's fate so I'm left in the same place. I just spent screen time to do it. Yeah. And now Gene is uh, feeling some feelings and he's going to start walking the dirty path again. Sure. And that's the important, the the secondary, like important thing about it, right? Yeah. Is not like what's Kim's fate, but also what does this do to Gene? This turns him back into Saul, right? Basically. Yeah. I, I feel like by the end of this episode, he is closer to Saul than he has been in years. Mm-hmm. He's actively working to get back to Saul. He's actively, he's got, he, by the end of it, he has the freaking Bluetooth earpiece again. <laughs> uh-huh. He's not wearing the glasses as much. Uh, he already had the pinky ring from the last episode. Yep. Um, he's running, running cons. Mm-hmm. Just doing his thing. And he's, oh, and he's 
<laughs> sleeping with people again. Right, right. Like we saw him in the the palace, <laughs> the Roman palace. Yeah. Uh, yes, that that is all true. Yeah. So after the scene, we follow Gene to work, where he stares at a stand mixer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of big, but not the biggest one I've seen. Not to brag, oh, not to brag, you. but uh, I've seen one yeah. at least three times that size. <laughs> I've stood next to one three times that size. I'm very cool. Stand mixer <laughs> connoisseur, stand mixer snob here. Uh, kind of snob. Thank you very much. Snobanur, snobasur. No, none of this works. Uh, we follow Gene to work and then back to Marion's place, where he's decided to bring Jeff into another con because he's feeling feelings. I do like seeing Jeffy's sour face when he sees Gene's <laughs> yeah. car. Like he's got such a good sour face. He I does know have a good sour face. People are disappointed that it's not the same actor, but this guy is very good also. Yeah, he gives he gives a different. I, we already talked about this, a different uh, flavor to the character, but it's a flavor that I like. And mm-hmm. I think works for the character. Uh, speaking of cats on Roombas, that's why we were talking about it. Yep. <laughs> Because Carol Burnett is fascinated, fascinated by Roomba cats. Nice. For good reason. Wait, this is, no, this is the ice cream cat. This is the ice cream licking cat. Is it? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, later, she's watching the cat on the Roomba, I think, in her bedroom later on. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, the late night yep. emergency meeting. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, there's some cookie tins on the table mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I know those cookie tins are a lie. Oh, yeah? Yes. Every child of a crafty mother knows that those cookie tins are a lie. If you see a royal dance <laughs> tin, that blue tin, anywhere uh-huh. in the house, no cookies. It's going to be sewing shit. It's going to be needles. What happens to the cookies? Thread. They, they get eaten. So they did at one time. At one have... point, at one time, yes, they had cookies, but never again. See, and that I, time was years ago. I've. <laughs> <laughs> I find that people who have those tins also tend to have cookie jars. And so I mm. bet the cookies just get dumped oh, into yeah. the cookie jar and immediately converted to sewing needle oh, tins. Oh, clever. Sewing supplies. Need a lot of counter space for a cookie jar. Well, she needs an island. Have counter also, space. Her kitchen upsets me every time I see it. I mean,. It's a hideous kitchen. <laughs> the the it desperately needs to be updated. It's deeply out of date. Yeah, the the counters still have the metal like rim along the side. Mm-hmm. Oof. Rough. To the point where I look at that and I go, "How did they find this location? Did right? they build this set because <laughs> it seems too perfectly stuck in time yeah. to actually be a real functional home?" It's like stuck in the I don't even know what era that it's stuck in. Is it the 70s? Or is it earlier than that? To me, it feels like 60s. Yeah, but okay. I, I'm not certain. Like, I know that I've been in houses like this, especially when I was younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, totally. When I was growing up in the 80s, I think pretty much every kitchen still kind of looked like this <laughs> unless you were, you know, a wealthy family. Yeah, totally. redid their kitchen every five years or whatever. Yep. You got laminate countertops. Mm-hmm. You got linoleum floors. Metal edges to your countertops Metal you got the edges. stupid spindly uh dividers yeah. yeah yeah like like it's a uh 
stair railing. I don't know. It's terrible. <laughs> yes, yes. Wallpaper. It's all bad. It's all bad. Sorry. I don't mean to. <laughs> if, if anybody likes that style, like, more power to you. Uh, I think that style can be done well. It is not done well in this kitchen. Hmm. It, it, the hilarious thing is, I look at her her dining room set. Mm-hmm. And, or in this case, kitchen table, uh, and those chairs around the table, Ugh. they're so hideous. Yeah. But it's all in black and white. But I know for a fact that those chairs are yellow and green. I think you're right. A hundred percent those chairs are yellow and green. Yeah. They're disgusting. Probably got pink flowers on them too. Oh. Yeah. Yellow, green, and pink. The <laughs> best colors together. I can almost taste those chairs. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, it comes through the black and white a little oh, too well. Oh, you know what? With the fabric sitting right there, that has absorbed every cooking smell, <laughs> every bit of grease. Oh, my God. I'm starting to actually kind of yucked now. Yeah. I got to move yeah, on. I'm sorry. Was, okay, he, yeah, the con is on with Jeff again because he's got the sads. I don't know. He's got the angries. Mm-hmm. So, next scene, we get a little bit of insight into what this might be. We cut to a bar where Jean is doing some karaoke, is how I'm going to say generous. that. <laughs> it's very generous. We learn he's been playing bar games with a blowhard. Cabby Jeff shows up and the con is on. I love this actor. <laughs> he's very good. This guy is fantastic. He's very good at playing a douchebag. Whatever he's doing there, his douchebag ways... And I'm looking at him and I'm going, man, he looks familiar. So familiar. Yeah. And I, I'm really enjoying his performance. And I look him up and I see, A, he's in the movie Nebraska, which has hmm. connections to Better Call Saul stuff or Breaking Bad stuff, maybe. I don't know. It's We talked about this movie a long time ago. Oh, okay. Um, I want to say maybe Robert Forrester's in that movie, but hmm. this guy is also in that movie. Uh, and obviously we're in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, the more interesting fact here, and you might have recognized him, although nobody wrote in about it, is this is Kevin McAllister's older brother from Home Alone. It's Buzz. Buzz, <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? As soon as, oh my God, as soon as Jim said this to me earlier, it just like <laughs> blew my mind. Yes. Like, yes, that's totally him. And of course, of course he can play a dickhead. Of course. Of course. Because he We've plays a huge one. I'm surprised he didn't rub any boogers on Gene. <laughs> No wet willies, no tarantulas, nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ugh. I'm watch Home Alone again. Those yeah. Fun movies. Uh, so Gene is calling himself Victor again. Right, which should be an indication That's of what mode he's in. Yep. Uh, he is, this is where we see this device of his, this booze gathering device, so that he doesn't have to get drunk. Yeah, my disappointment came, though, when he walked outside and just poured it on the ground. I'm like, you paid some good money for those drinks. Why not just... I mean, look, (laughs) you're drinking rusty nails. It's not exactly the highest class beverage. Uh, Yeah, but does it... The inside of a hot water bottle, that can't taste good, right? That's that's like the rubberiest of rubbers. Right? Yeah, it's, you're gotta, probably not it's, wrong. It's got to be like licking a tire. Uh, yeah. If you think about it. I was thinking, well, isn't that just what a Long Island iced tea is? Is just a licking slurry a tire? of Sir. booze. But yeah, there's no rubber in a Long Island. 
Okay. You have to go into the wrong bars if they're putting a strip of rubber in your LIT, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Fair. It's like those lube places that turn into restaurants. Just turn one of those lube places into a bar and just use the lube as ingredients and the rubber from the tires. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Poison people. Yeah. Solid business strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the con, the con, the con. So the con is they get people fucked up, knock them out, and then they sneak into their house and they steal all their documents, basically, or mm-hmm. photograph. Yeah. They steal they the steal images of all their documents. Yeah. They steal their identities uh, to sell, sell them, them later on, is what we learned. Yeah. And this entire time I'm thinking, okay, I get a handle on what they're doing here. You know, they're going to get them drunk, get them... Uh, Blasted on barbiturates, mm-hmm. knock them out, steal their stuff. And then it changed because they were stealing identities. I'm like, oh, they're going to steal and, and use these identities. And then I, I see they're taking photos of the guy's uh, trading accounts and bank accounts mm-hmm. and investment stuff. And I'm like, oh, they're going to, they're going big on this. They're yeah. going to take wipe millions them out. from this person right. in one shot. And then it turns out they're selling it for like 20 grand. Which is probably, it's the much safer way to go. Absolutely. Because what are they yeah. going to do with all that information? Sure. It's probably less of a paper trail to them. Just fence it, let it, let them deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did like the evolving nature of this, right? I think yeah. I've got a handle on it and it changes and then it mm-hmm. changes again. And I finally, but at every step of the way, I'm understanding what they're going for. Yeah. They, it was... It was fun to see once, for sure. It was fun to see once. That's what I'll say about that. And I mean, the thing is here, like once you start to see how far they're going, because like, are we talking about the montage here? No, I mean, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit later. It's like three scenes away, but. Yeah. Then I guess, you know, I didn't know if this was a one-time thing or if this was going to be done over and over again, because you don't get yeah. that, that information about them selling the identities until Till much the later montage. on. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I dropped that a little early, but I was with you. I could tell that it was going to be an identity theft kind of situation, but I did not realize that they were going to be selling it to a third party, which mm-hmm. makes so much more sense. One of the things I love here is this is like a weird role reversal for Jimmy. Like he's used to being the guy who's doing the coin tricks, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, betting the people they can't do this thing or like lighting the people's hands on fire, whatever. Uh, He used to be that guy. Now he's letting them do it to him in like Mm -hmm. a weird role reversal. It's going to lead to them getting scammed. It's he's, he's always very smart with the way he does this stuff. He is. I, I can imagine the delight in the back of his mind as he, is letting this guy get away with every trick that he already knows. And he already knows mm-hmm. right, probably 30 right. more tricks at least. Yeah. And he's just like, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm a dumbass. I'm a little guy. Yeah. Probably yeah. thinking, oh, you could have taken me for more if you did it this way. Exactly. Like, he's yeah. like critiquing the uh, way that he's doing the mini cons. Yeah. <laughs> totally. The scams, I should say. Yeah. I almost wish they would have expressed that, right? You, you could do mm-hmm. that with with Bob Odenkirk because he's very good you could have him just give like a little look at a thing he's doing and like a sour kind of sour face a judgmental face yeah, yeah. At, the, at the technique for sure yeah mm-hmm. he, that there could have been a throwaway a little eye roll a little exactly. like something 
something there, but they don't go totally. for that. That's interesting. They don't. They really, really focus on the the booze sucker. Yeah. Like many times throughout this episode, they keep cutting back to that. Like, okay, cool. I get that it's a neat trick, but guys, come on. Yeah. But guys, come on. We got it. We got it in the first got scene. Got it. I know what they're when doing. When we saw that there was a tube in his glass... We mm-hmm. got it. We didn't really even need right. to see anything else. I didn't need the else. internal shot underneath I didn't his even need to see him dumping it afterward. No. Like, f- why? No. I don't care what he does with it, really. It makes sense that he's dumping it, though. Sure. Rubber. I'm telling you. So, after, after we get this little bit of con, we cut back in time to the Winnebago, where Saul has a chat with a couple of kingpin wannabes hmm. yeah this is early breaking bad <laughs> very early breaking bad this is before they've before things get bad mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah when when exactly is this i'm trying to place this because i it's like episode three so are they trying to get him to get badger off the hook at this point is that what's happening oh yeah that's right i guess this is a little bit later on it is yeah okay and he won't he won't take the job or something so they drag him out to the desert and pay him to be their lawyer i i forget exactly how this goes it's Uh, badger related for sure yeah because he thought he was meeting with a different client and he met with badger a different um, um, public masturbator met with a cop huh did badger get arrested by a cop uh because he was trying to sell yeah 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 he got arrested by um freaking skinny skinny man yeah, not skinny Pete. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. yeah, that the one who always played nerds in early two thousands movies. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> sure so I am remembering name. correctly yes. the, the part of the show that we're supposed to be at here. Yes, for sure. And obviously, this is immediately after the the, the line, right? The the one that everybody's been talking about. How are they going to connect the dots to the Ignacio? It wasn't me. It was Ignacio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mentioning Lalo. This is that scene continued. Yeah, it is. They're like literally stepping in through the door of the Winnebago out in the desert mm-hmm. after that. Um, was this was this useful? Did this satisfy? Like, I guess I would ask the people who really wanted to connect the dots on the Ignacio line, the Lalo line. Did this satisfy you? Because like I was already satisfied. I was already. Satisfied I did not need too. this that continuation of this scene where like. Walt asks about Lalo, or Je- Jesse asks about Lalo. Who is this Lalo guy? Considering it the fact add that anything, no. Considering the fact that Saul doesn't even give them any information, he's just like, eh, on second thought, never mind. And you so get a moment of, of reflection about Kim. I, I like, sure. I, I get that, but like, he 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 can't stop moving. Right? He's mm-hmm. got this. Uh, he's so impatient when he's sitting in this RV because if he stops and he gets in his, in his own head. Then he's going to think about Kim. Yeah. And his entire life has been built to not think about Kim. I get that. And this is a moment to to sit with that for a second. But we've already done that. We've already sat with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what the the scene with him and the breakfast bar was all about. Yeah. Uh, in his big ass mansion. Like. Right. I saw that. So I guess like this didn't really add anything to me. The when combined, I guess, with the mic scene. But you could have just done the mic scene, honestly. You could have just done the mic scene, but then you wouldn't have Walt and Jesse. So. I know. Uh, yeah. I didn't need Walt and Jesse, but it's fine. It, was, it wasn't a bad scene. It was just no, It was definitely in, fell more in service to fan service. Mm-hmm. 
This is a little annoying, but I think you're right, taken in context with all the other <laughs> scenes of that era in this episode, shall I say. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did enjoy <laughs> seeing Jesse call Walt a dick again. <laughs> that was pretty satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I love their dynamic. Uh, they I like seem their to early, right early on the dynamic, roles. sure. Much yeah. better, much better. Yeah, I, I really love their, you know, gangster Jesse <laughs> uh gangster wannabe jesse really yeah uh dynamic and and high school chemistry teacher dynamic and how they early on they are sliding back into those roles where walter white is the teacher and jesse is the yeah willfully uh doesn't always want to work student mm-hmm. what do you call that willfully obtuse i don't know yeah he just wants to eat funyuns man <laughs> Yep, he just wants to do it fast and dirty, but while teaches in the right way. Yeah, so th- that was fun, but yeah, ultimately it felt pretty superficial. That was kind of superficial, but they promised it and they delivered. So, wee. <laughs> <laughs> so we transition from a dirt hole to Gene lying on his bed. That was a cool transition. Yes. Then that was on the cool. floor with his hip wiggler or whatever it is swing master i believe is what it's called Mm, hip wiggler a montage shows the crew running the scam many more times and surprise gene's sleeping with sex workers again Mm -hmm. yep he's trying to drown out all that kim annoyance that's cropping back up yep this is where we see that he's they're selling the stuff to a broker uh yes and that was a new wrinkle Mm -hmm. during this montage i like that there's a couple things I like. Um, we see him tossing burner phones to his his uh, partners in crime here. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to use those once per? <laughs> Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. I think Saul's a little more frugal than that. And he understands like the once per <laughs> rule. Once per what? Once per day? Once per week? Once per call? Yeah. Uh, doesn't really apply to him. He He knows that's like... He's just trying to sell people on buying more phones. Obviously, yeah, yeah. And also, he's not as hot here in Nebraska as he was. He's not as under the scope here as he was in Albuquerque. Totally. But yeah, I hope you you like seeing what... That's the thing, the pieces all add up. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad montage, all said. It's not a bad montage. It's just... I don't know. It's more screen time. More screen time that could have been spent on something else. Yeah. Could have given us like, I don't know, actual information about anything that we care about. (laughs) But sure, let's watch six more investor bro douchebags get scammed or whatever. 20 more. And then this all leads out to, to a scene that I think is truly superfluous here. Yeah. Almost entirely. There's like one element that the the scene brings, but let's talk about that scene. Yeah. Uh, So after this montage, we are back at a bar with Gene and a new, nicer Mark, who also happens to have cancer. And that's the thing. The one thing that this scene tells us is that this guy is not a dick. Yeah. This guy is actually a nice guy. He just happens to be wealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And so you're supposed to feel extra sorry for him. But honestly, you give a guy cancer, 
you could have cut from the end of this montage straight to Buddy or whatever his name is <laughs> busting in the door saying, "I'm not going to steal from a guy with cancer." Or just and the I would have gotten call. everything. Could have, yeah, we could have straight cut straight to the phone call. Yeah, absolutely. Then he gets later on. This scene feels unnecessary to me. It is unnecessary. I like that it, actor a lot, but I do too. Yeah, I've seen him in a ton of stuff. You called? What'd you call him? <laughs> I called him Baby Giamatti. Baby Giamatti. Yeah. He looks so much like Paul Giamatti. Young Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah, but he's the same age. I know he's the same age. It's just like his face shape. Baby face. He's like a slightly Giamatti. cuter Giamatti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less run down by the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I could have done without this. It does shade. Shade Saul as the bad guy here. Gene as the bad guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. why are you pushing even more this so? Far? Than stealing from a guy with cancer, you're stealing from a good man, apparently, or at least a, not de- an a decent person, a person yeah. who isn't treating you the same way that all these other guys have been treating you, which is right. to say, with open contempt, yeah, yeah, disdain. He he offers Gene the taxi first. Yeah, um, he offers him, you know, waffling, but that's kind of the best advice on the stock market is mm-hmm. you can't give people advice on the stock market <laughs> right. unless you have insider trading information. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm torn on this scene because it does do that and it makes him more of a bad guy, but I kind of already felt like he was in that mode when he went overboard later in the episode. I mean, honestly, when he started all this, like there's only, I don't know. How many of those guys were actually bad people, right? And how do you right. know that from 30 minutes of interaction with them or an hour, whatever? Yeah, and this is hours? not a letting Jane die moment, right? No. This, this isn't so no. big that like you really need to shade the, the lines here, but like it's it's less than that. I don't know. The more I, I'm sitting here thinking about it as we're talking, I I definitely see the usefulness of this scene because it does show that Gene is not really he's not scamming the same way that he used to because he he could stop here he could just skip over this one he could literally just skip over it Mm -hmm. but he refuses to and at the end of the episode he is literally leaving evidence yeah by breaking a a window Mm -hmm. to get into this guy's house after the other one uh doesn't want to do it, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, right after this scene, we get another... I was going to say backflash. That's not what that's called. We cut back in time to Saul's old office, where Mike's checking in with the juicy deets on Walt and Jesse. Yep. Mike, still over his bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you know. Openly contemptuous, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's pretty good. Um, and, you know, I talked about how this scene really does a lot to color my feelings on behind the scenes in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and the stuff that's that led, you know, into Breaking Bad and perpetuated through Breaking Bad. Mike like, is literally telling him these, this is a bad, probably not a great couple to get involved with. Mm-hmm. Maybe just leave it alone, but he can't. Right. Because he sees dollar signs. And it shows you that the Mike was aware of that right from mm-hmm. the beginning. It wasn't even like, was. oh, he worked with Walt for a while and then found out he was a bad egg. And Mike always hated Walt from like the first already. time he met him because of his attitude. Yeah. You could tell that dude was not going to let anybody boss him around. 
uh, for better or worse. And you know, it's it's so like it's so petty the way the way that all of them died, right? Because it begins with Saul yeah. pushing to get a piece of Walt's action mm-hmm. is what it is. Like he just wants to get a cut of the money. Yeah, he wants to he wants to make what they've already got bigger, mm-hmm. so he can get a juicy chunk. Yeah, yeah, he's all all about money, and at that era of his life right trying to to heal the wound of the kim left him with mm-hmm. with money and it's not gonna work kim and chuck and everybody hard sure. yeah. yeah all the ghosts in his life trying to silence them with money i don't think that works all right we're gonna go forward in time again and we are back with gene getting a call at home uh, he rushes over to Jeffy's for a late night emergency meeting with the crew. Yeah, here's the cat on a Roomba. Here is the cat on a Roomba. Yeah. And a barking dog, which is how Carol Burnett knows that there's something happening outside. I've seen some interesting theories about this, yeah. which are kind of exciting. And we'll talk about them in feedback. Mm. But. Yeah, the the line from last week's teaser at the end was in this. Mm-hmm. You were right. It was actually Gene saying okay. <laughs> it was not Kim. I know. How how could you tell? It sounded so much I have, like Kim. I have good ear. I have good ear, man. All right. I have what two two good ears. Ah, uh, that's the problem. I have one. Yeah, I one ear. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this there's a there are two Frankenstein ref- references in this episode, and I want to say Frankenstein was also a thing in Breaking Bad. There was like a Frankenstein reference. I, it's been like a decade since we talked about that show, but uh, yeah, he says you walk like Frankenstein got probed oh, by aliens. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's back in the the scene at Saul's old office. He's talking with Mike. Uh huh. And yeah. then. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, and then earlier in the episode when Walt and Jesse were on screen, he called Jesse Igor, which mm-hmm. is obviously a reference to his to Dr. Frankenstein's sidekick. His lab assistant, yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure it's intentional, but he fucks up the Frankenstein reference here, right? Like, Dr. Frankenstein didn't have a problem with his walk. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And he's... Frankenstein wasn't the name. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It's classic. Oh, yeah. It's Frankenstein's classic. monster, not Frankenstein. <laughs> we all, do we get that? Has that been established? Uh huh. I think it's been established in the last 20 years of people talking about it. <sighs> yeah. People being obnoxious but about it. Why yeah, two? Totally. Why two references to Frankenstein? I don't know. Had Frankenstein on the brain. They had monster brain in the writer's room that week. Had monster brain. They're right though. He does he does walk like <laughs> Frankenstein post alien probing or yes. whatever he said it was. Uh yeah, okay. So the thing here is that Buddy does not want to rip off a nice man with cancer. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him, especially when he drops the fact that they were the same drugs his dad took. That's yeah, like that's rough. Fuck you, Gene. Yeah. You're asking a dude whose dad died of cancer to go scam a guy who's and dying of cancer. And you're going to ber- like actually berate him when he says, no, I don't yeah. want to do this. You're going to call him all kinds of names and tell him that he sucks and he's an amateur. It's- when he is the one, he's actually been the most competent one this whole time. Yeah. He's the only one who hasn't fucked up in any way so far. 
if Other Buddy wasn't a dog. such a nice guy, an apparently nice guy, I'm I'm surprised he didn't get punched, mm-hmm. honestly, because that's just beyond the pale. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. So good on him for walking out, and probably it's going to save himself some heartache. Uh, yeah, legally. Yeah. Based on maybe a little bit of the teaser that we saw. It depends on whether Jeff he can yeah. keep his mouth shut. I don't, don't know. I don't know that that's actually going to be a factor. He looks like a squealer. I don't know. I'm worried Not about a this. I'm worried about this cancer guy. I feel like they're going to get caught red-handed in some way. I know, way. but then, like, who are your accomplices? And the cops pressure Jeffy. Mm-hmm. That's when Buddy gets. Oh yeah, if the cops it. if the cops pressure. Jeffy, there's no way he's keeping his mouth shut, right? He <laughs> no. looks like a squealer. That that's that's mm-hmm. the face of a squealer. Oh yeah. I can I can call him. I see him. <laughs> but uh yeah, Gene and Jeffy or Gene convinces I call, I'm calling him Jeffy now. Gene convinces Jeff to to go back to the house with him even though it's been like hours already. Yeah, he says it's been three hours. They don't yeah. even know if he's still passed out. Uh, the tape on the lock has been removed. So he's going to have to actually break in now. And he does. He smashes the window. It's... He does. Yeah, loud and messy. Yeah. Yeah, this is super sloppy. It's super sloppy. And that's like, this is so when you get caught. Is when one of your, you or somebody you know gets sloppy. That's what happened last time. And you have to ask why. Like, I know Saul is good. Jimmy is good at thinking on his feet mm-hmm. and getting himself out of pickles on the fly. Yeah, he's a but great... But he's creating this mess. He is like, creating it. And, and he creates messes too, but usually he doesn't create a mess within a scam and then get out scot-free and then decide to go back in yeah. to to potentially risk a bad situation. Yeah, I and mean, when he does get in a mess, it's usually not in a way that... It's usually something he couldn't have gotten out of, right? Yeah. It's like, whoa, something went went away that I didn't expect, but I'm already in it, so I got to keep pushing so gotta through improvise, it. improvise, yeah. This is not that. This is very different. Yeah, this is him just pushing ahead with something that's already started to go sour. Yeah, and it's it, a foolish plan. It's weird. It's weird for him to do. He's slipping and, right, and not so the right that's, way. <laughs> that's the question is why. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why indeed. Uh, so for some reason, we're going to cut back away from this thing that's actively happening to the past again. And we're going to watch Saul roll up on Walt's high school where he teaches. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to cut back to this, <laughs> which is Gene showing up at Cancer Guy's house, breaking the window, unlocking the door. End of episode. This is just connecting a dot for Breaking Bad audiences, right? Is all that... Saul walking into Walt's high school is? I guess so. I mean, I, if you. But is it a dot that I needed to connect? I don't know. If you've seen this show, like, you already know what the next scene is. You know that he walks into Walt's, into Walt's class. It's empty, luckily. And Walt's like, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) Right. And he's like, I want you to work with me, basically. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the point of showing this is at all. Rather than just connecting dots that don't really... Yeah, tying up a loose loose end that I didn't even see was there. Mm -hmm. You can can guess a lot of this stuff, but whatever. It's five seconds out of an episode. Yeah, no, it's the least egregious of 
these instances in this episode. Yeah. For sure. But that is the end of the episode. And you get that teaser, right, where the police show up somewhere. somewhere. Probably the house Gene broke into. I don't think it's... Probably. Is he still going to be there? Probably not. But uh-huh. what else will be happening? My theory, cancer guy dead. He did. Oh, bad interactions with Bad interactions. Cancer medication and barbiturates. And barbiturates. Yeah, chemical cocktail. You were asking for heartache, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my prediction, but I'm always predicting that somebody's going to die. So (laughs) (laughs) take that with a grain of barbiturate. All right. Well, that is, as you said, the end of the episode. Why don't we get into some feedback got a few pieces here i'm not gonna consider we are very short on time tonight running very long um i'm not gonna consider feedback from last episode so i apologize to anybody who wrote in after we recorded our podcast last week but we got plenty to talk about this week um so we're gonna start there we'll start with rob who says while we can speculate on his fate i couldn't help but wonder if the red suit he's talking about the one on the poster or the the promo key art Mm -hmm. uh for this season uh, indicated that Saul would die a bloody death. Hmm. Comparing it to Walter White's demise and the fact that innocent people such as Howard went down because of him, he may need to pay for his deeds in the end. In the beginning of the show, we knew he couldn't die because of plot armor, so he had to live for Breaking Bad. Now it appears it's mostly post-Breaking Bad left, and I feel like all bets are off and the blood red suit could be foreshadowing. What do you think? Yeah, could be. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, man, there's so much talk of color theory in Breaking Bad. And like I said, it's been <laughs> practically a decade since I've really talked about that show. Yeah. Um, I don't, they're not, I don't remember really doing as much color theory stuff in Better Call Saul. I think they got the, I, I agree. People can see it from a mile away. It makes it less fun. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, all right, let's move on to Riley says, so in my mind, this episode cemented this show as being a tragedy, a tragedy about an addict who went too far uh, rather than a show about a likable antihero who eventually realizes the error of his ways. I feel that it will only end in tragedy for Gene uh, entering the house, most likely resulting in a prison sentence. With that, assuming that a tragic ending is in store, which seems pretty hard to avoid at this point, would it feel at all incongruent with or for Jimmy McGill to end up with a more depressing fate than Walter White got. Not that Walt's story wasn't a complete tragedy, but Gene dying or being convicted in Nebraska completely alone, Kimless, friendless, penniless, uh, after his meth money gets confiscated, and with no greater goal ever being achieved seems quite more bleak to me than Walt getting Walt Jr. Millions, being the savior by freeing Jesse, and at the very least, a moment of closure with Skyler. Even at this point in the story, Jimmy is, to me, a more redeemable person than Walt for most of Breaking Bad. What would a sad ending for Gene say about the final message of the Albuquerque saga looking back at these shows? Hmm. Got any opinions on that? It's an interesting point. That would be a lot grimmer. Because, yeah, it did always rub me the wrong way. Is maybe too strong of wording, (laughs) but... I did think that Walt got far too many good things at the end. I mean, he died surrounded by what he realized he loved, which was... The crystal blue persuasion. <laughs> basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> All that meth equipment, he's surrounded by it, and then he dies there. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. 
He gets that. He gets that little moment of closure with Skylar. He gets to free Jesse, like you said. Yeah, he he gets to go out kind of like a desperado. And sure. It's always sucked to me because he ruined so many people's lives, and he got so many people killed, innocent and otherwise. Like yeah. Andrea just getting blasted in the head mm-hmm. in her front yard for mm-hmm. no reason other than the fact that she was with Jesse for a while. Yeah. And that's all Walter. Yeah. I, so that would suck. That would suck to me because I, I do. I agree that maybe at least deep down, <laughs> way deep down, uh, Saul is a better person. Than I think Walt. there is a lot more goodness in uh, similar to the way Jesse is. There's a lot more goodness in Jimmy than there ever was in Walt. I feel like he's he can see other people. In a way that Walter was never able to. He was always up his own ass from yeah. day one. I mean, he's, he's a man who's full of pride and, and driven by ego and, and mm-hmm. uh, ambition. Stature. And, and he, he got pushed out of that gray matter thing. And yeah. he was butthurt about it every day since that. Yeah. After that. Because he's always been like that, right? Yeah. He's always wanted to feel like the smartest guy in the room, exactly. the most looked up to, the yeah, yeah the biggest man on campus. Yep. Um, and to me, you know, that's a that's a worse character flaw than what Jimmy is, which is a pleaser. Jimmy mm-hmm. wants to please people. He wants to be liked. Yeah. Um, he's constantly seeking validation, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. He makes mistakes. Uh, that's the thing. I feel like for the most part, and I know there are choices he's made, but Jimmy makes mistakes, whereas Walter White made choices. Yeah. And I'm willing to forgive mistakes much quicker than I am conscious choices to be evil. Yeah, for sure. And so that's where you get to. And, you know, the fact that, like like Riley's saying here, um, they are doing a sort of, you know, unjust reversal here. Where, mm-hmm. like, the guy who I view as a worse guy is getting off easier than the guy who I think deserves more to, to get a, a happy ending. At the very least, the, the guy who has struggled with his morality a lot more. Mm-hmm. He actually gave a shit about that at some point. Yeah, I feel like the last time <laughs> Walt really struggled with morality was maybe Jane's death, but but, like... Crazy eight, honestly. Yeah. Like episode one? Is that episode one? That's like episode one, man. Or two, it's or two. It two. I think that's the yeah, last time he really grappled bit. with it. Yeah. And then it was just And then Jane was like another bump in the road to becoming, you know, Scarface. But Yeah, you're right. It's not just, but it feels deliciously unjust. I don't know. I don't dislike it. Yeah, no, they're definitely the the last bit of this, the last half of this, this whole season really has felt like a, a train to tragedy. Yeah. Faux show. Absolutely. All right, Alex C says, couldn't help but think after that Mike scene, it seems like where we leave Mike in Better Call Saul, he's already established as the head of Gus's security rapid, uh, and his rapidly booming enterprise. Why would he still work for Saul? Is Gus not paying him enough? Isn't he disgusted by Jimmy's transformation into Saul? How does he even have time? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I, I think he's. I think Mike might be checking this guy out for Gus. It's like Saul's bringing Gus a client. 
right? Mm-hmm. Saul's bringing Gus a connection through Mike. And yeah. Mike's job here was, you know, to check the guy out for Gus. And he determined he's small potatoes and yeah. didn't want him. Yeah. So, so he might actually be working for Gus. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, the, the way that this all kind of gets started as far as Gus and Mike goes is that they one of their dealers gets a hold of the blue stuff mm, and they test mm-hmm. it and the purity of it it like blows gail's hair back yeah, and that's yeah. his main chemist and he's like i've got to meet this man i've got to meet this you know shining god of chemistry mm-hmm. which is basically how he treats walter and gail pretty much convinces gus to go with Walt yeah because his stuff is like because his stuff is three like three percent better or yes, whatever it's, it's like two like percent better yeah, yeah it's negligible right. let's say and definitely not worth the fucking trouble his own death warrant by doing so is yes. the tragic part of it yes yes it's like you you don't even know what you're getting into man oh this guy's ego it's just it's terrible yeah but right. that's how that gets started so yes it makes sense to me that gus has sent mike out to yeah so this is really mike working for gus not necessarily for saul working yeah working for gus with saul right Makes sense. Um, also, Alex says, a lot of people are assuming Gene was talking to Kim on the phone. I think Gene <laughs> was being told Kim isn't there anymore and they have no idea where she went. Gene is furious because now he has no way of finding her. Uh, yeah, I I think I agree. I think that's mm-hmm. the way that went. That's the way I'm leaning to. I, I mentioned but, the death thing, but only because right. it, is, it is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the theory, he's going to be arrested for breaking and entering, held in an Omaha jail. And then Kim will see his photo on the news and come visit him hmm. because she's back in her home state. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. She left Florida altogether. Maybe. Why was she even in Florida in the first place? Maybe we'll find that out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Good question. It's her mother down there. She went on spring break and never left. <laughs> uh, all right. Brad says, last episode of Better Call Saul was pretty epic. Uh, he's talking about this one mm-hmm. a rather seamless weaving of the live uh, lives of Saul and Jimmy and Gene and how each of these men continue a devastating pattern of self-destruction the one flaw in this episode is Jeffy why would they recast the character and then portray him so differently this version seems hapless and anxious as opposed to vaguely menacing um, and then it occurred to me by paralleling these two scenes did Peter Gould decide to play them as two versions of one character on purpose Obviously, the recasting was accidental. However, it almost seems like they learned they leaned into the idea that in Gene's paranoia, he identified this guy as menacing and threatening when really he was just a fan of Saul Goodman and his commercials. Then when we see Gene actually meet the man, we see the real Jeffy, who's just a normal guy who never showed any type of menace to Gene. Mm-hmm. The full-length Gene episodes, we see the real situation and not the haze of fear like the last several Gene segments. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I'm not sure if that's actually what they were going for, but it's a good way to smooth that over. Sure. <laughs> the the yeah. loss of that actor. Yeah. I, I've thought about it too. I wonder if that actor would have done as convincing a job of being like generally sweaty and anxious like this Jeff is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's got another Jeff gear. Because really selling the anxious part. And there's something about that other actor's face that looks more menacing. It I, does. It's a little more... Sorry. Sorry, man. A little more thuggish. Uh-huh. Yeah. A bit. I mean, look, you need all types in Hollywood. 
you got a great face for Hollywood. I look at you and I feel something, right? As yeah, opposed to yeah, Giamatti totally. where I look at him and feel nothing. Oh, I, no, <laughs> I look, I look at him and at, I feel sad. I feel sympathy, yes, when I see that. I'm sorry. And I and hey, that's like what all of his roles are, right? Is where he's slightly yeah. slightly down on his luck. Yeah. And that's what I and you want like to see him get, get back to good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Brad has a prediction here. Um, his prediction is for the next two episodes, um, Bill Oakley will be Saul's <laughs> attorney when he gets arrested for this final scheme gone wrong. Why? Why would he come all the way to Nebraska? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he calls him up. I want to see Bill Oakley's commercial. That's oh, what I want to yeah. see. Oh, do you think he has a good string of commercials? It, oh, he has to. I mean, he's he has always envied Saul Goodman or Jimmy, right? Like, yeah. until the, the part where he gets busted, you know, and he's like Obviously. laughing at him. But. Yeah, of course. But before that, yeah, when he had the corporate lawyer jobs mm-hmm. or whatever just the fact that he was working with God, he them. just wanted to be in he the w- same bathroom to sniff his farts <laughs> he bill he wanted that company car uh-huh the company car the company uh apartment all of it yeah the and company then once coffee. he lost all that he was there to rub in his face for sure he's he's copying saul I need to see that. I think you're right. I, I do need to see that. Now that you've introduced that possibility to my mind, yes. Right? What? Even if it's yes. just like an Easter egg video on YouTube or whatever. I'll take God, it. God, I want to see it. Because they film those all the time. They just do, yeah. Post a social media thing for the final episode. That would make me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the prediction goes on here. I suspect Kim has killed herself or died tragically Whoa. due to an overdose or a health condition based Holy on Jimmy's cow. reaction. I don't think he would react that way to Kim telling him not to bother her or to an employee saying that she wouldn't take his call. What turns him into uh, leaning full saw like that and being that overtly self-destructed has to be Kim's death. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it could also be the loss of his lead. Yeah. His final connection to Kim severed. It is true. We have no idea how she has managed to deal with the trauma of what happened all That's these, true. for all these years. Yeah. It doesn't usually leave people unmarked. Very true. Um, Okay, Omar says, I hate to say it or be this guy, and this is one (laughs) of those emails, but I was not a fan of this episode. Look, you're not being that guy by saying you're not a fan of an episode. You're being one of the many guys. (laughs) Many, many. Many, many, many. I think the predominant feeling on this episode is meh. Meh is a good, a very good description. Yeah. Uh, Omar says, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed watching it. And I guess that's all that matters. The thing is, I look at these episodes to give more context to the characters and the Better Call Saul storyline. And the only thing that would have done that was the Kim phone call. And we didn't get to hear it. Yeah. Right. Though we can guess the tone and how it went. Remember in the beginning, we said we wanted the Breaking Bad cameos, but not just as fan service. I got to say, these scenes added nothing to either show's overall story. Again, still a fun watch, and I still love this show. Just thought story-wise, this was one of the weaker episodes. Yeah, I mean, I look, I largely agree with the sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I wouldn't say those scenes add nothing. I think they add something, but isn't it essential when we have three episodes left? I don't know. Yeah, two That's for each at this point. person to judge for themselves. Two more, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Scott who also says maybe this is a contrary take 
<laughs> it's not. It's but, not. I promise. <laughs> I didn't love this episode. I just didn't get much out of the Walt Jesse scenes. None of those imparted new information. I had previously filled in all the gaps and they they did in my head. It was fine, fun seeing them, and I know the creators felt they had to work Walt and Jesse in, so the fans didn't storm their houses with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> Another Frankenstein reference. Oh, yeah. But it didn't move the needle for me. I have 60-plus episodes of the Walt and Jesse story if I want to watch it. But that's me. It was fine. Better than most stuff on TV, but with three episodes left, I wanted more. Yeah, totally. Um, I will say, I'll say this. I liked this cameo better than the Hank and Gomez cameo. Hmm. I feel like it gave more to the series. Hank and Gomez was literally just a throwaway thing. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how that went. They were chasing down Gus's drops. Yeah. Um, No, I guess not Nacho specifically, but yeah, Gus's drops. It didn't, but it never actually went anywhere. It never went anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, it was that was literally just fan service, not not to this fan because I never really liked <laughs> at least one of those characters all that much. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I don't like Hank. I know it's Hank's a lot. He's not. He, my, he's not, not my very likable at the beginning. Yeah, he's the kind of person who, like, in a house party kind of situation, would just make me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, he he dominates the room and yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a good character. He's a good character for sure. He made sense in the story. I just didn't like him. Yeah. Uh, Scott continues with some thoughts. He says, I think uh, Marion is going to bust Saul. She's now clearly suspicious mm-hmm. and realizes Jean is probably up to no good. She also has the internet to find all the dirt on Saul. Oh, yeah. Computer, right. When Jimmy asked for more dirt from Francesca, uh, she retorts, don't they have internet where you are? <laughs> they do. <laughs> and we see a character... Uh, played by the most famous actor in either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, prominently True. using it. This is a theory I love because, well, hmm. Do you think Gene's, or sorry, Saul's commercials are online? Because hmm. she could very easily search up, oh, like just run across with an way, algorithm, like I stumble see. on a Better Call Saul video and be like, that's the guy in my garage and then search yeah. Saul Goodman. And then all of the news articles pop up, right. Hmm. About like Walt and, and the drugs and sure. deaths and sure that I will say that feels a little flimsy to me. I don't, I'm not so sure about that one because a lot of stuff would have to line up. Many mm-hmm. stars would have to align for her to come across his stuff. I mean, nowadays it would just pop up with an algorithm, right? Like I'd just be, I'd go to my homepage on YouTube and then, oops, there is a video that YouTube wants to show me for some reason. Yeah, sure. But why would it be a, a shysty lawyer from Albuquerque from five years maybe ago? Cause, maybe because all of his, well, yeah, it's been a while. It's a completely different name, completely different state. That's, yeah, that stuff does pop up, but it's usually a little more, like most of her pop-ups are probably going to be cat videos yeah at this point maybe some cockatiels poking people's eyes out uh probably a little bit of white supremacy because you can't get away from that stuff no matter what you search because <laughs> sure. the internet's a this trash cat hole. is a white supremacist <laughs> what one weird trick to show that your cat is a white supremacist <laughs> uh he continues here holy cow it's Stuart from the big bang theory i guess that's the guy with cancer is from the Big Bang Theory. I don't watch that show. I don't watch the show either. And he's dying of cancer. 
and Jimmy is going to break in his house and try to take his last dime so he never has a chance to get his identity back or rebuild what Jimmy took from him, kind of like what he did to Howard, except he knows on the front end that that's what he's doing. Hmm. Yes. Yes, he's doing a very bad thing, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the nod to the dashboard light that causes the battery to die one episode later and four <laughs> yeah, days out in right. Breaking Bad. Yep. Yeah. And that... Uh, that grave that dug for Saul was a good transition. Um, it says, interesting that Oakley stays with the DA for six years after we last see him, uh, then switches sides right after Saul goes on the lam. Maybe Oakley saw an opening in the market for a criminal lawyer. Probably, yeah. Uh, a man can only eat so many Frito bags for lunch before he snaps. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the thing, too. Someone needed to fill that void. That makes sense so to me. I like that as a theory. Uh, all right, Norm says, what a dirtbag Gene is, and how great are these writers? How many people thought Jeff would be the one to re- uh, reinitiate the scamming? I thought Jeff was the danger. Jimmy is the one who knocks. Just yeah. brilliant. That said, there's no way he's going to have a happy ending. It might even go worse, considering he's breaking and entering to end the last episode. Does Gene kill the cancer mark, or do we flash forward to Marion confronting him and she's getting offed? Wow. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Just straight up murder. Jeez. Doesn't... Like he'd try and scam his way out of that before he would just murder her, but maybe. Probably would. Seems more his speed, but I don't know. I guess it depends on what what news he got from that fucking phone call that we didn't get to hear. Right. Um, either way, the flash forwards and back confirmed to me that Saul does not deserve any redemption. I hope that Kim hasn't become as reprehensible on her own. Maybe that's all the redemption we deserve. Uh, glad this is ending soon because I couldn't watch this disgusting person much longer. So you're taking the tack that Jimmy's no better than than Walt. Is it because he keeps getting back into the game when he knows he should get out? Similar to Walt? I can see yeah. that argument. Yeah, but it feel, but it's still, it feels different. It feels different with Jimmy slash Gene mm-hmm. than it does with Walt because it feels more like... I, I liked uh, whoever mentioned it earlier earlier in the feedback, like an addiction. Yes. Like this could be, it could be a little bit that addicted to easy money. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely addicted to the life. Getting um, one over on the somebody. scamming life. And I think also like he's driven by tragedy, right? He's a tragic yeah. character. He is a tragic Whereas character. I don't think Walt is a tragic character. I think Walt is a hubristic character. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I were more familiar with Shakespeare, I'm sure there are any number of Shakespearean <laughs> characters and memes I could pull here. But like Jesse's the tragic character in Breaking Bad. Exactly. Yeah. And Jimmy is and the Skyler, Jesse of this honestly, series. Skylar too. Yeah. So I, I don't share the opinion that he does not deserve any redemption. I think I'm sympathetic toward a tragic character, mm-hmm. um, even if they've gotten themselves back into the situation multiple times when they had an out. I still remain sympathetic. Yep, me too. I don't know. Does he deserve a happy ending? I don't know. A but happy he, one, maybe. But not, he at least deserves a satisfying ending in some way. All right, let's move on to Josh, who says, Perhaps I was naive, but I always thought of Gene as closer to Jimmy than to Saul. I guess I hope that going through the events of Breaking Bad softened him a bit. Nope. As soon as he <laughs> finds out he's broke, he goes immediately into Saul mode, scamming dudes whose only crimes are being wealthy. Being single and being friendly, with maybe the exception of Buzz. Oh, so Josh <laughs> yeah, did recognize Buzz. Hey, All right. Good job. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surprised nobody just like straight up pointed out. Here, here's the thing, though. I don't think he goes scamming because he's broke. I think he goes scamming because this news with Kim, whatever it was, mm-hmm. sent him you know off the wagon, essentially. Two parts. It can be both. It can definitely be both. Yeah. Realizing that he has no more assets other than literally what he has uh, stashed at home. Yeah, I mean, the money's nice, but he's got all those diamonds. He's got, like... Yeah, also, like, what's he doing cash. with the money? And diamonds. literally nothing. Paying for sex workers, that's it. Right. I don't know. I mean, and the question becomes, to what end, right? Is yeah. this just the compulsion to do it, and he's stacking cash for no other reason than he's compelled and stacking cash? Or is he going to go on a Kim quest? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he trying to build a stash to give to her? Does, did he get some bad news about, like... Yeah, she got fired and she's homeless and toothless now. <laughs> and he wants to like make good on like maybe his chair of the 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 part of the Sandpiper settlement that he was supposed to give to her that he never had an opportunity to give to her. Maybe. I don't know. We'll probably so, find out all those answers in the next couple episodes. I hope so. God, I hope so. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about the redemption stuff, Josh, yeah. so sorry about that. Uh, Dan says, did anybody else get the distinct feeling that the cancer grift target from the bar was a federal agent working gene? I don't know why, but I got those vibes immediately. Hmm. Uh, my first thought was that Kim had told the Bureau that Jimmy had called. They traced the call back to the phone booth and are on to Gene. However, why the pretense? Surely they just arrest him straight off the bat. I think both those points could be still accurate if they are unrelated. Um. Yeah, it's possible. It's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cops are definitely showing up somewhere next episode. Mm-hmm. All right, Joseph says, anybody think maybe Saul's dedication to get the last marks info was meant for just monetary theft, but or was not meant for just monetary theft, but maybe actual identity theft? Like, he's dying of cancer. Wouldn't be a bad step for Saul to start creating a whole new life for him in some other town when he passes Saul... Uh, or when the guy with cancer passes, Saul can step into it, like Andy Dufresne did the warden from <laughs> Shawshank. Hmm. I suppose that's possible. I suppose that's possible. Seems somewhat unlikely, but he doesn't seem like a man who's calculating to any to any point at that at that time, right? Yeah. It's like I, he's driven by anger, not desire to start a new life in my opinion yeah i don't i don't think he wants to move on to a new life i think he wants to settle shit yeah all right rinaldi uh says throughout better call Saul, one theme has persisted um these six seasons with the most consistency in my opinion you're either a sheep or a wolf Season four shows Jimmy adopting this wolf and sheep mentality more frequently after Chuck's legacy becomes an obstacle to Jimmy's chances of being reinstated as a lawyer. He adopts the Saul identity seemingly as a middle finger to Chuck's memory as a way to cement the sheep or wolf philosophy. Season five, episode seven, Kim is infuriated that Jimmy made her her the sucker and Jimmy is uh, oblivious to Kim's fury at this action. Kim expected to be a part of the con, but she was forced to play spectator instead. Jimmy did this despite Kim proving to be a capable con artist and clever planner in her own right. Still, Jimmy used her as a prop. Do you think fans feel like Kim did in that episode during these past two episodes, 610 Nippy and 611 Breaking Bad, where they expect to be a part of Jimmy's story, 
but instead they're being used as, a, used as a prop to tell a different and more unexpected story. Uh, well, I'm going to have to read this praise because it's part of the email. Bald Move has done a fantastic <laughs> job breaking down Better Call Saul and giving both constructive criticism and high praise for the show with great humor as well and looking damn good, I might add, doing it. Kim has also... You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know what I look like right Look right. I mean, I'm looking right at you. I, I added the looking damn good. Oh, part. okay. Yeah, okay. sorry. Okay. That was not part of his email. <laughs> I thought that was implied. Uh, anyway, he says that he continues, Kim has also constructively criticized Jimmy and giving him high praise and support, along with great humor. Her impression of Kevin Wattell is the most funny thing ever in the Breaking Bad universe, in my opinion. <laughs> Very good. Uh, do you guys feel like Kim in season five, episode seven, after watching this recent episode, 611 Breaking Bad, are Gould and Gilligan treating the expectations that have come with the success of Breaking Bad like Chuck? Do they feel like the weight of that show's legacy, the way Jimmy felt the weight of Chuck's legacy? Mm. Are Gould and Gilligan wolves and we're sheep because they are on a self-destructive path like Jimmy? Mm. Mm. To continue with the animal metaphors... Uh, maybe they are getting our goat a little bit in this episode by stringing us along just a little bit longer. Get two more friggin' episodes. You're gonna how how short is the string? How long is the string? It's like well, it's forty five times two. <laughs> Ninety. Ninety. Ha <laughs> ha. Math. Ninety minutes long. That's how long the string is, sirs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. Look, I don't want to put, you know, thoughts in their head, mm-hmm. but like, if it were me, I'd be very, I would be very sympathetic to people who want to see Walt and Jesse. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to do it, but only if I could make it worthwhile. And I think they've, they've mostly done that. They've mostly done it. I'm, I don't know. I'm not 100% certain that I understand the question that you're getting at here um, with us feeling like Kim sort of... Like we got conned Like Yeah, way. like we got conned. Because I don't, I don't feel conned by this show. Um, not like I do sometimes in a show like Westworld. Yeah. In this show, I just feel like there's... I, I don't know. Maybe I feel the only way I would feel conned is if like I felt they gave in fully to audience pandering mm-hmm. and then I would not feel good about it. But it feels like they are doing this on their own terms and not in like a malicious trolling kind of way. No, no, no. I They are definitely, they're still trying to tell the story that they're trying to tell. It's just, ugh. For a couple of episodes, they've been doing it in a slightly infuriating way. Or maybe your point here is that they have been telling their story so successfully to this point, and then they're kind of meandering in the last few episodes, but with their own goal in mind, and it's not the same goal that we have, and that's why I'm feeling negatively about last episode and this episode in some ways. Maybe that's the point you're getting at. And if that's the case, if it pays off, I'm, I no longer feel bad about it, but yes, I would be 
you know, a sheep in that scenario, I suppose. Yeah. Because they're the ones leading. I, I would be, if I'm dancing with Peter Gould, hey, he's freaking tall. He's probably going to be leading the dance. <laughs> he's a big man. I'm a small guy. I don't, I don't think I could dip Peter Gould. Sorry. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to come to Cincinnati, I'll, uh, shit, I'll go to LA. I'll go to Albuquerque and meet there him. There you go. Oh, that's, try and dip him. Yeah, you'll travel for that. <laughs> yeah, I do hope it's a satisfying end, whether I feel like a sheep or not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last email here. Tiffany says uh, a few things here. Is Gene's trajectory eerily similar to Walt's? Empire building while not really needing the money, losing everyone close to him, seeming not to care about risk or collateral damage. Um, I think he's blown up his world similar to Walt. Yeah, you can definitely, I think you can see the parallels there. And if you're not talking about motivations, then I think, yeah, there's there's some parallel stuff happening there. Definitely. Um, falling apart. The And, you know, what I said about, like, mistakes and choices still still applies there. Mm-hmm. I think like the fundamental difference here is Jimmy's making mistakes, Walt's making choices. Yeah. Um also the edit from the open grave to Gene in his bed reminded me of the shot of Walt through the hole in the floor after Skyler took the money. Mm-hmm. In Crawl Space, season 4 episode 11. Was it that late? Mhm. Wow. All right. Just brilliant cinematography. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I love both of those shots. She, yeah, she took that money to pay for Ted. to try to pay Fucking Ted off. Ted. Fucking Ted. Yeah, what I mean idiot. that that scene is like cemented in my mind. I will never lose <laughs> the image of Walt just cackling the irony. Yeah, this fucking thick irony. Yep. Uh, number three. Does Gene still have Saul's little black book? I was curious about that one. Hmm. Could. Yeah. Good, yeah. And what use it is to him when he can't. Oh, wait. No, he doesn't. It was taken by the authorities, right? Oh, At his house yeah, yeah. They did show raided. that. They did show that. Yep. Yeah. The cold up, the teaser for the very first episode of the season. Yes, so never mind. No, he does not still have it. Nope. Uh, and finally, Breaking Bad as a series is thought to be a neo-Western. Does Better Call Saul read like one, too? I feel like it's been more in the way of a heist-type drama, but curious as to what others think. Much more of a heist type drama. Yeah. This is like a, a an older school kind of heist type yeah. thing, you know. These guys like their homages to older media, mm-hmm. older cinema. And I think it works out pretty well here. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. This is not the same style as Breaking Bad, though I do love them both. I think that's going to do it for the episode. I'm glad I could go mm. out saying I love Better Call Saul because I do. And, you know, yeah, one bad too. episode, one wasted episode, in my opinion, is not going to change that. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get on friggin YouTube talking about how Better Call Saul is a waste of time. You're on the Internet right now talking about it. But I'm not saying it's a waste of time. Oh, OK, I, I still like the show. I'm with you. One slight stinker doesn't ruin the whole bouquet for right. me. It's fine. I'll just yeah. ignore it. <laughs> just like you do when somebody farts in an elevator. You just ignore it. <laughs> just look away. Yeah. Don't make eye contact with <laughs> so it. with anybody. It will pass eventually. <laughs> the doors will open. Yeah. The culprit will leave. Everything will be fine. 
All right. And with that, the two culprits are about to leave you. Uh, thanks for listening this week. If you would like to send in feedback uh, for next week's episode, you can do so at bcs at baldnews.com. I mean, Jay, you can do better call. Saul. you can type it out if you want. They all, they all lead back to the same place. Hmm. Uh, but we'll be considering that next time. And that's it for this week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. See ya. Bye.